There we go. Mm. Well, I'm in a bar south of Des Moines, Iowa. This is Michael Moore. This is Rumble, my podcast. We are doing tonight episode, geez, what number are we on? Episode 20. Oh, this is our 20. It's our 25th anniversary. It's, it's our episode 25 of Rumble with Michael Moore. And uh, we're in a, not too loud, but, you know, Midwesternly loud bar. It's day five, day five of my 12-day journey with Bernie across Iowa. Of course, because Bernie has jury duty. He's only been here for a couple of days, so I've been filling in for him along with uh, some other people. So it's either the journey with Bernie or the journey for Bernie, but that is what I'm doing for 12 days uh, here in Iowa. I want to talk to you tonight, personally, about a number of things, so I'm glad you're listening to this. I'm at the bar here at uh, Johnny's Italian Steakhouse, uh, south of Des Moines, Iowa. I'm not quite sure if this is an Italian restaurant or just a steakhouse that has some Italian food with it or the cows are from Italy. I don't know what it is, but anyways, it's it's great, actually. It's a wonderful place, uh, and they're letting me record my podcast here uh, tonight. So I'll tell you, these first five days have been a real slog. I mean, this is, this is some pretty hard work. We've been putting in 17-hour days on the road. Our odometer shows us close to 700 miles that we've traveled uh, crisscrossing the state here over the weekend. Also over the weekend, uh, the the volunteers that we've been speaking to, the canvassers, the door-to-door people, knocked on 158,000 doors to talk to people here in Iowa about voting for Bernie. I have to tell you, I've been (laughs) really moved by this and really moved by being with Senator Sanders and standing there with him as he encounters the huddled masses of this state. This is, this is uh, one of many places in this country that really, if you do travel the country, it looks like the majority of the country where people are struggling to get by. The, the median household income is uh, uh, often nowhere near what you think or hope it would be. I think it's around $40,000 here a year. And sometimes, you know, that's uh, that's two incomes. So to see people and, and people approaching the senator with their concerns and their life and telling their stories, it's been very compelling. And on some level, difficult for me uh, to deal with because, you know, it's one thing when you've got Flint uh, in your system and it's been with you for you know your entire life even when when you or i no longer live in the city of flint it still it still is with us and uh traveling these places uh, across iowa and seeing various versions of flint not an urban industrial flint but the the rural flint the the prairie flint and as people tell you about their lives you realize just how cruelly, how cruelly the onslaught has been against the average, everyday working American citizen and on their children 
and on their parents, the elderly. It's it's really been it is it is. Um, I'm so glad I came here to do this. You do not want to come here. I didn't want to come. I don't want to come here. It's cold enough where I already am. It's freezing cold here. They've had some awful snow and ice, and it's it's the roads are slick. You know we're we're driving around in a, a GMC. It's uh I don't know. It's I guess you could call it an SUV, and we're trying to stay awake uh, as the day. Uh, goes forward and tonight we decided to maybe let's knock off early here and we'll do this podcast and talk to people and then try and get some sleep tonight I want to say a few words to people who are um, listening who um, maybe you don't support um, Bernie Sanders or you haven't made up your mind yet maybe you're on the fence maybe you like Bernie but it's in your head that um, there's no way he can win or uh, I like Bernie, but, you know, and then fill in the blank of, of the butt. And uh, um, I just, I want to, um, I want to first of all tell you that I'm so honored that you are and have been consistently listening to this podcast, that you have subscribed to this podcast. And I, and, and, and I don't want, this is not a Bernie podcast. This is not uh, Bernie Central here in the podcast universe. I just happen to feel very strongly about this and this is my podcast but i i don't i i don't want those of you who support elizabeth warren or joe biden or mayor pete or uh, amy or uh, andrew yang uh tulsi um tom steyer first of all let me just say i'm happy that you if you do support somebody that you do that you support somebody that you're involved that you care that you give a damn that you stand for something that's the first thing the worst thing is to just sit it out so, I mean, thank you for that, first of all. And I think I, I have to say, and, and, and we've run into, uh, while we've been campaigning across the state, we've run into Warren people and we've run into Biden people and Mayor Pete people. And uh, they're really good people. And we sit around, we're talking, and we really agree on so many of the same things. I mean, this isn't like some, uh, you know, there's, like, there's not some huge, I've, I've not run into anybody from any of the other campaigns that believe that a woman shouldn't have control over her own reproductive rights, right? Uh, and you go down the list of things. I haven't run into anybody who believes that seven twenty-five an hour uh, should be the minimum wage. I haven't any other the, the campaigns. Uh, I, I, I don't. I haven't run into anybody saying, "Geez, you know, uh, we need to get ourselves into another war." <laughs> it's just that's not the case. The good news this year is that even though we've had many people running many people the fact is is that the majority of them come from a very similar place in their hearts and in their souls and boy that can't be a bad thing i mean now how they're going to go about achieving these things they they say they believe in that's a different thing and whatever their track record is for getting the job done whatever their track record is for being consistent so that we can believe that they'll get the job done that that yes we can have we can have that debate. We can have uh, that disagreement. One of the things I'm hoping to do uh, by the end of the week or this weekend uh, while I'm uh, still here in Iowa is I'm going to have a roundtable where I will have a Biden supporter, a Warren supporter, a Mayor Pete supporter, and, and you know, get a couple of the others if I can uh, get them to sit around the table with me. And I, I want to give them all a chance to 
have at it here at the microphone. I want all these voices heard, but I want them heard in in the, uh, in the context of my podcast, not these bullshit debates that we've uh, been forced to watch. And even though many good things have happened at the debates and many good things have been said, uh, you know, I'd like I'd like. You know, I mean, obviously, I'd like the candidates to sit down at the table with me, and and I'll just issue the open invitation now to to Joe Biden, uh, to uh, Elizabeth Warren, to Mayor Pete, to uh, Andrew Yang, uh, Amy Klobuchar, uh, Tom Steyer. Uh, you know, anybody who's still who's still here in Iowa and you're running, I'd love to have you sit at the table with me. So there you go. Um, you've heard it. And uh, take me up on my offer. In the meantime, if that doesn't happen, I'm going to sit down with a supporter from each of your camps and uh, and and let them give them the microphone and let them try to convince me that I shouldn't be voting for Bernie, but I should rather be voting for Andrew Yang or, or Amy Klobuchar. And I'd, I'd love to have that discussion. So I'm going to make that happen. I don't think that'll be hard. Iowans are such nice people, uh, you know, and, and I've already experienced this running into Biden people and Warren people and whatever. And then and, and I, uh, I look forward to having that podcast sometime later this week. And I, and I ask that you listen to some of the things that, that I have to say here tonight uh, and not, and not dismiss it because you're not for Bernie or you're not sure about Bernie or whatever. And you're sick and tired probably by now of, listening to me go Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. But if you like, if you knew me personally, I'm not that kind of person anyways. I'm not, I, I don't get, I don't, I don't get misty eyed and, and all, you know, excited. You know, my underwear starts turning different colors because colors of the rainbow, because I'm so excited to, you know, for this candidate or that candidate, I'm just not that, I'm not, I'm not that person. I'm not a cynic, but I, I live in the real world and I've lived long enough to have been disappointed continually by the people that I've supported and who have run for office. I mean, I can't tell you just how let down I have felt over the years. You must all have felt the same thing, right? How many times you've gotten so excited, so happy that this person or that person's running, you go out, you work for them, maybe you wrote them a check, you voted for them, and then they get into office, and then what the... What, 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 how many times has this happened? I mean, it's, it's, it, I know it's amazing. People still show up to vote. We still go back there to take our knocks. We vote for, we, it's even happened where twice in the last 20 years, I've gone to vote and the person I voted for won and then wasn't given the keys to the Oval Office because he or she didn't win the Electoral College, Gore and Hillary. You know, it's like, Wow. What better way to tell me to fuck off and not vote again? Why would I bother? And yet I do. I continue to bother. And I've done personally nothing to get rid of the Electoral College. So that is one of my New Year's uh, declarations for this year is to get behind the, um, uh, the, what, what, the what's the organization? The National Voter. It's a, it's a, it's a thing where they've gotten this bill passed in so many states now where it's what the bill says is that if if our we are we will give our states electors to whoever the national winner is in the country uh it's called the national popular vote initiative national popular vote initiative i think if you just type in national popular vote in the google machine uh this this will come up and 
all these states, I think, let me, how much is that? How many states, how many electors? So you got to have 270 electors to win an election in the Electoral College. So we have to have enough states pass this law that equal more than 270 uh, electors. And then we'll have enough states saying, we're going to abide by whatever the people of our country say. You know, whoever wins the majority, the popular vote. So it's been enacted in 16 states, and it equals how many electors? 196. Oh, wow. So they've really been, this national popular vote uh, initiative has really taken off. Because we only need to get to 270 electors, and we're already at at 196. So we just need enough of uh, people states to do this, and we'll get rid of the Electoral College. Well, I won't get rid of the Electoral College. It'll still be there. But but the person who the electors will vote for will be the person who wins the, the popular vote across the entire country. So that, anyways, that's my pitch to those of you who are not uh, for Bernie, not yet for Bernie, maybe for Bernie, on the fence for Bernie, to just stick with me for a little bit here. I'm, I'm trying to do some good work for the person that I believe in, and um, I, I don't want to invade on your the good time that you've given me, I mean, the generous amount of time that you've given me to listen to these podcasts. And I'm more than happy to hear your pitch. Um, you can send it to me. You can write it in the review section of this podcast platform. You can leave, um, I think on Apple here, you can still, yeah, you can leave a, a voicemail and uh, they let you speak for a minute and I'll get to hear your voice. You could do that. So um, let me hear from you. Um, if you're, for Elizabeth Warren or Joe Biden, Pete Buttigieg or Andrew Yang or Amy Klobuchar, I, I will read what you write and um, we can have this important uh, discussion. So now I want to I want to talk to my fellow boomers. You know who you are. You know, we, we remember what we were told when we were teenagers and in our 20s, we would be the majority age group for the rest of our lives. Because we were the baby boomers. There were so many of us born after the soldiers came home from World War II. So from 1946 to 1964, tens of millions of us were birthed into this world. And um, we were called the baby boom. And we were, gonna, we, we were raised with this sort of... Uh, privilege and expectation that we would call the shots once we became adults for the rest of our lives there'd be more of us than anybody else and we'd run the show you know and it started like pretty much right away you know we didn't want to listen to pat boone and uh, frank sinatra and uh, dean martin and not to not to say anything bad about them or their talent as singers or musicians or whatever but you know, we wanted our own music and we wanted our own films and we wanted our own television and whatever it was, our own books. And so we just turned things upside down and we did things that our parents were appalled by. And I'm not just talking about the length of our hair. I mean, they, <laughs> everybody, anybody who's really, I think, over 50 years old who's listening to this knows exactly what I'm talking about. And yet we, we did not give in. We moved forward. We created our own music and we made our own movies and we lived the lives we wanted to live. So it was good. It was really good. And when we raised our children, we didn't raise them to be like necessarily the way we were raised. We 
raised our children to to be good people, to be loving and caring and to and to be smart and to know that information and education is an important thing to have. And so I think the majority of us, you know, as we, you know, had children, this is how this is how we lived our lives. You know, the majority of us were against war, were against using our military to invade other countries. Movements began while we were young, not just peace movements. The civil rights movement had really already began in the 50s. The feminist movement in the late 60s. All of these movements to change the world and to change our daily lives. And, and we did. We did. We didn't get everything done, though. But we did make many good changes, but not enough. Not enough. And now the millennials, our kids, or our kids' kids, now that what they call the Generation Z kids, or as I've pointed out in previous podcasts, uh, what the Parkland kids told us, they consider themselves the Columbine generation. If you were born after Columbine, you've known nothing but uh, active shooter drills. So these two generations, they now, they now have started to mock us baby boomers you've heard the term i'm sure by now okay boomer right okay okay boomer and uh what they're saying is yeah okay we hear you grandpa you know yeah 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 just keep saying that sure sure (laughs) i'm so happy that this is happening i have waited for so i've never understood why the kids have not pounded us for handing them the world that we've handed them. I mean, really, I mean, I think deep down, don't, don't most of you share some sense of shame that, that we, the 60s and 70s generation, were going to build a different world? You know, the first Earth Day was, uh, was it, it's going to be 50 years ago this April. 50 years ago. That's us. That's the boomers. We did that. Because we were going to fix the environmental problems so that when you grew up, you wouldn't have them. You know, we were going to, we were going to do so many things. That the fact that women weren't paid the same as men, that they were treated the way they were being treated. Oh, that we're going to fix all that. We were going to fix all that. And yet here we are still today needing a Me Too movement because real change didn't occur. Here, here we are today with no Equal Rights Amendment uh, for women. Um, you know, you can, you can go on and on and it's like, um, you still have, um, women holding no real power, whether it's corporate power, political power, you know, there's some power. It makes it look like some women are in charge, but women are the majority gender and they're only 25% of Congress. So right there, I'm sorry, game over. That's wrong. And, and the, the change has been way too slow. So the kids now, they're on to us. They know the planet that we're handing them. They're not happy about it. They're on to us and they're mocking us. Who told these young people our secret? They weren't supposed to find out that we got to go to college for free or nearly free, right? I mean, now they found this out. They're... 30, 40, 
50, 60, $100,000 in debt for having gone to college. And now they've, somebody told them the truth that back in the 60s, if you went to UC Berkeley, it essentially was free. If you went to a, the, one of the SUNY schools in New York State, uh, it was essentially free. You paid for the books, but the tuition, it was all gratis. It was all paid for by tax dollars. And when we got out of college, when, when you know, we were 22 years old, um, I didn't finish I'm, to be fully transparent here. I dropped out uh, first uh, semester of my sophomore year. But, um, but actually, we could do that back then, too, if we wanted to. We could just drop out, get a job. There were jobs. There were jobs. They paid enough. You could afford the rent. You could afford the rent. And when you got out of school, you didn't have to get a job right away. You didn't really have anybody to pay back. So you took off. You took off for a year or two. They, they call it the gap year now. Uh, children of privilege that get to take a year off without having to work. Because, you know, you've got that student loan debt that you've got to start paying off right away. So most, most young people don't get to take time off. Don't get to travel the world. Don't get to go find themselves. Don't get to go find themselves love, a partner, any of that stuff that you should be doing in your 20s, trying to figure everything out. Maybe you should be writing poetry. Who knows if you never do it. But no, you've got to go get a job. you got to work your ass off. you got to make sure you keep the job because you need the benefits. Why do you need the benefits? Because you can't get any health care if you're not working. I mean, you can buy Obamacare. You can get the bronze plan, which is nothing. I shouldn't say it's not, it's not nothing. I mean, there's good things about Obamacare. No, you know, the, the pre-existing condition thing is gone. Yeah, you can stay in your parents' insurance to your 26. I mean, there's these things. But seriously, this is not what the rest of the world has. The rest of the developed world has real health care, which you don't have to worry about ever paying a dime for because you pay it through your taxes. And in addition to paying your taxes for this, you, uh, depending on what country you're in, you get free or nearly free child care. Uh, uh, you, uh, in addition to the health care, your pharmaceuticals cost next to nothing. Um, you know, we don't have these things. But when we, the boomers, were younger, we did have free college. My dad was a union worker. So we, here's what we also had. We had free health care. No deductibles, no co-pays. We had free dental. We had free eye eyeglasses. Uh, I mean, he was like, and my dad, who worked on an assembly line, who had a high school education, had four weeks paid vacation every summer and a week or two paid vacation every Christmas time. Imagine that. And what he did was he built the spark plugs that went into your car. That's all gone. And the people who let it go away are us, the boomers. The boomers are those who are a little bit older than us. Let the system change so that the greedy could take over, could make a profit off you wanting to go to college, could make humongous profits off you when you get sick and could and and mainly what the system does is put you in a place of just misery where you've got to you know you want to be politically involved but you've got to work that second job or you don't have help with your child care and you don't have the money to pay for babysitters and so you don't get to go to the political demonstration you don't get to go to the women's march you don't get to do these things because you friggin can't afford it it's genius. I know nobody got in a room and came up with this big conspiracy to create a system where your back is constantly against the wall. 
But that is exactly what happened. A system grew. A system of greed grew and grew and grew to the point where the concept of you participating in your democracy came at a price, a price that many of you couldn't afford. And so, so I'm sorry to say this, but with all the good things that we've done, and we have, our generation, the 60s and 70s generation, the boomers, done some good things. I think, first of all, we raised good kids. We didn't raise haters. Most of us, this is the truth. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I work with and I employ millennials and, and Gen Z uh, kids, and man, they don't care who you're in love with, what the gender is. They're not, they're not, if they're going to go out with you, they want to go out on a date, they're not looking at the color of your skin. This is like, this is, a lot of this changed because we, the boomers, ignited the change. So good on us for that. But we have left these kids in debt. We have made their lives harder to the point where they will never have what we got to have as adults. And we are going to leave them, we are leaving them a planet that is going to choke one species to death. The species that's hell-bent on killing the planet and doesn't understand that the planet is stronger than the species. The planet, the nature that created this species can also uncreate the species, the species being us. But most of us probably won't be around to see the the real impact of what we've done with, in the, with what is now a climate emergency. You know, we, we haven't um, really sat down and told our kids that uh, this uh, just, we're really sorry. We don't know what to do. We're not scientists. We don't know how to get out of this. You know, we were told that, um, you know, if we got beyond, uh, you know, uh, 350 parts per million carbon in the air, we'd never be able to turn it back and save save ourselves, save this atmosphere. Now we're at 415 parts per million. Does anybody call the kids into the room to apologize for their eventual doom long after we're gone? You know, it's amazing they really haven't slapped us up for this, for all of this. So good on them for that. I guess we raised them to be nonviolent people but they do mock us now and they are pretty damn mad and um and what are we doing to make it up to them i'm serious this isn't right this isn't right that we allowed any of these things to happen and that by now we haven't figured out a way to create a system of universal free health care for them you know we we have pillaged the planet so that we could have a good life as adults, not thinking about the near future of our children and our grandchildren. And I think there's something we can do about this, frankly. I want to suggest something to you, and that is this. 52% in this poll I saw here a week or so ago, 52% of 18 to 35-year-olds say that they're going to vote for Bernie Sanders. The youngest people who are voting want to vote for the oldest person who's running. That's kind of incredible, isn't it? And why are they doing that? Because they're for the one person 
who's running who is going to fight for them. And and let me say this. I do believe that these other candidates will fight in their way. They will fight, but they won't fight like Bernie's going to fight. And they don't have decades of fighting behind them. Some of them just started to fight, you know, because they decided to run for president a year or so ago. Some have fought for a decade or so. Some have done good things when they were in the Senate back in the old days. They also did some awful things. But there's there's one for the reason the kids get this. The reason they're for Bernie is because he selflessly is willing to fight for something that he's not going to get anything out of. There is nothing in it for him to see that you get to go to college for free or that your student loan, your student debt um, is retired. What's in it for him? That he's <laughs> there's nothing in it for him uh, to have free universal health care for all because he's already old enough to be on Medicare. He already has it. He already has socialized medicine. Why is he fighting for socialized medicine for you? But see, the kids get this. It's like, wow, he's not trying to placate me by saying, you get to stay on your parents' health insurance till you're 26 years old. It's like, well, fuck you. What am I doing at 27? Bernie's like, fuck you. What about these kids when they turn 27? They should be covered until the day they die. Period. That's why the kids are for him. But most importantly, on the issue of climate, climate emergency. He gets who's doing this to them. He gets who's been allowed to suck the life out of this planet and its atmosphere. And he has fought them tooth and nail since he was the mayor of Burlington, Vermont back in the 1980s. And the kids know this. They know the history. They study it. They Google it. It's there. They know the one chance that they have is with him. That's why the vast majority are are with him. I think it was like 52% for him. And I think whoever was second had like uh, 16% of the youth vote. So that was that was like a, maybe a, a month ago. Then two weeks ago, they put out another poll. Now, you know, because they're trying to like show that you know, okay, don't don't do this eighteen to thirty five anymore because Bernie wins every time. So they the next poll came out. It was okay. Where do the eighteen to forty five year olds stand? And sure enough, Bernie, by another wide margin, is the choice of eighteen to forty five year olds. Why? Because he cares about their future. He's fighting for their future. He's fighting to make sure that we save the planet. Let me tell you something. Let me get to let you in on a secret. I think I don't I don't hope if Bernie's listening to this, is no no surprise to him. He's in the last quarter. He's in the last quarter of his life. All right? And I mean I hope he can live to 120, but generally that doesn't happen. So so when the planet chokes the life out of people, when the planet decides that the oceans must rise and drown millions. He won't be around. Nothing in it for him. Why does he care? You know, by the time he lives out the rest of his life, I mean, it's yes, we're going to continue to have all these storms and floods and it's going to continue to get worse, but it's not going to kill him. So why does he give a shit? See, the young the young people see this. They see, wow, he's, he's fighting for something he really doesn't get anything out of.
I mean, he gets it for his kids and his grandkids, but, you know, as we learned from our current president, uh, you know, kids, the grandkids, you know, somewhat expendable if you get my drift. All right, it's all about you, you know. It's all about you, Boomer. Making sure you're all set. No. See, that's not Bernie. They know it. That's why they're forming. So, so the poll this weekend, they upped the, the youth vote <laughs> age. It, it's, they, they, they polled on 18 to 50-year-olds. <laughs> 18 to 50-year-olds. I, I think you know where this is going, right? Who do you think came in number one this weekend in the Emerson poll? Bernie friggin' Sanders with 18 to 50 years old. I'm thinking by that point, I said, what's the next poll going to be? Why don't they just do 18 to 100? You know, but they're, I mean, because they're getting close. They like, see, they're at 18 to 50. Now, what would it be if it was 18 to 60? Because if it's 18 to 60, now we got some boomers in there. We got the boomers, and the boomers are going to bring that sucker down because when you look at the boomer vote for Bernie, you look at any of these polls, oh my God, he is barely barely in the teens in terms of percentage of boomers and when you count boomers and elderly in some of these polls he's single digit single digit with his own age group now can i just say for a moment that that if you are of bernie's age if you're in your 60s or your 70s and your 80s and you had somebody running that was your age isn't that the safest person really to have in the Oval Office? Somebody who's going through what you're going through. Somebody who's going to make sure nobody touches Social Security. Nobody touches Medicare. Right? That's who you want in there. You don't want some kid in there. What does the kid know? The kid could, could say, hey, we need the Social Security money. No. You want somebody in there who needs to go to the doctor. <laughs> I'm not laughing. I, I, I mean, I'm trying, trying to be disrespectful here, here but it, it just boggles my mind that just out of elderly and boomer self-interest, you wouldn't vote for the person that is going through all the aches and pains and the things that you need. You know that driver's license you want renewed that you're afraid they may not renew next time? Yeah, that guy. That's the guy you want in there because he will fight for you because he is you. It's stunning to me. That 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 uh, in in the same way that fifty three percent of white women voted against Hillary, voted for Trump, it's like you have to pause for a second. You go, do you realize what you just did in terms of voting against your own personal self interest as a woman voting for Trump? If you are in your sixties or seventies or eighties and you're not voting for the oldest guy running, that just seems like kind of. Not in your best interest. So, I guess I just, I want to make this plea. First of all, vote for yourself. Vote for the person that's either, you're almost that age, you're going to be that age. He will look out for you. He actually cares about people his age. Because he's living your life. So, just for that reason alone, think about doing that, please. You know, but you could say, well, Mike, yeah, there's, you know, uh, Joe Biden is just a year younger. And, you know, Elizabeth Warren's, you know, a few years younger than that. They're all in their 70s. And that's true. I'm, I'm sure they care also about old people and, you know, getting older and all that. So let's say all things are equal there on that level. Then, then advantage who? Advantage the fighter. 
advantage the fighter. That's who you want in there. Um, I want to give you another reason, though, as a boomer, as a fellow boomer, uh, to vote for Bernie. Um, how about this? How about because the future looks so bleak for your kids and your grandkids? And as much as you may like one of the other candidates and for whatever reasons, and I'm sure they're good reasons, but how about this time vote for the person that the young people of this country want and need in the white house? Why not do it for them? Yes. You like Biden, you know, yes, you, you like mayor Pete or Amy or whatever. But what if you were to say, you know what? These young people that we've handed this world to, this very unequal, unjust world, this world where women are not treated the same as men, where people of color are not treated the same as white people, this world where they're going to choke to death because of the climate emergency, this world where they will not have the standard of living that you and I, fellow boomers, share, this world where they are going to spend 20 to 30 years paying back their student loans because we've done all this to them don't you think maybe we could do one thing this year for them now it's maybe not the thing that we'd like to do but it's the thing that we probably should do i, I want to say this to any young people who are listening to this is i do i mean obviously i like bernie for all these other reasons and all the at least the, what are the right reasons for me but i want you to think about the fact that you need to also convince your parents and your grandparents that, that look, we love you, but you're leaving us a shitty life and a messed up world. And so will you do me a favor, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, on November 3rd this year, you know, if it's not too hard for you, um, and if, and if he shares most of the values that you have or that your candidate has, would you think about b voting for Bernie instead? Vote for Bernie for me. Vote for Bernie because I'm telling you it's my future and I need you to be in favor of my future. It's my future. It's not that you don't have a future, parents and grandparents. You still have years left here. But ultimately, they're the ones that are going to have to deal with this. They're going to have to deal with all this that we've left them. Isn't it just the decent thing to do? It is self-sacrifice. It is, it is a sacrifice. I mean, if I were listening to me right now, and I were a big supporter, a supporter of Amy Klobuchar, you know, thinking, well, I really like her. I like her in those debates. She's honest. She says what she means. You know, I don't you know, necessarily agree with her, but I think, you know, we need somebody like that in the White House. Let's say you're thinking that. You've been thinking that. Let's say I was thinking that. You know, but if a child of mine came to me and, and said, I need you to do me a favor. I want to live. I want to be able I want to be able to afford to live. I want at least a shot. Let us be the at least if we're the last generation or two, then at least let us at least have a shot of fixing this mess or that mess. Let us have a shot as women of being equal, truly equal. Let us have a shot. Let, let us, leave it to us. Let, uh, let's see if we can create a world where we don't incarcerate black and brown people at the rate you incarcerated them. Give us a chance. 
We can't do this unless you vote for a candidate, though. There just aren't enough of us. You're right. Whoever told you that you boomers, that there are going to be so many of you, you're going to be the majority for the rest of your life. Well, so far, that was right. Yes, you know, now if you couple Gen X and the millennials and Gen Z, if you throw all those three groups together, yes, that does equal more than baby boomers now. But still, that our generation, my generation, those 18 years of 1946 to 1964 being born, we're in charge. We are in charge. And we don't have to do anything that you want us to do. And we can run this world right into the ground if we feel like it. And we can make you pay even more next year for college. We have the right and the power and the numbers to be able to do that. The purpose of this podcast today, episode 25 of Rumble, is to ask you, my fellow boomers, to not do that and to do something that I think for some would be a supreme sacrifice to vote for the candidate that the youth have chosen who they want to run the country, who they want to save them. Don't, don't they have that right by now considering what they've been handed? I think they do. So even all things being equal and everything, all the things why I'm, you know, for Bernie, all the right reasons I think they're right for me because I, what I agree with and what I agree and you know, what I believe in, how I see that this candidate's on the same page that I'm on. Let's say none of that. None of that was the case. And I was not for Bernie. I was for Amy or Mayor Pete or whatever. And I heard these words being spoken. I'd, I'd give some pause. I would give some pause to think about telling my kids, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm really for Amy. I'm really for Pete. But... Um, You've made a compelling case that uh, this year, at least, I'm going to share my vote. I'm going to really, in some sense, um, I'm going to vote for you. I'm going to vote for you, my daughter, my son, my grandkids. I'm not voting for Bernie. For Bernie. I'm voting for Bernie because I'm voting for you. You want him? You want him running this country? You believe that he can save you? And the future, okay, you've earned the right to have that shot. I'm voting for Bernie, for you, because I love you. I'm sorry we thought back in the 60s and 70s it would be better by now. We really, really did. We worked hard. We did our best. And here's where we're at. And if such massive numbers of you want him to lead this country, you've earned the right to to have me vote with you this year. I'll stand with you. Let's go Let's go to the voting booth together, in fact, in November. Let's go during the primaries right now, during the spring. Let's, let's, go, let's go do this together. I'll do this with you. That's how much I love you. That's how much I love this country. What do you think, fellow boomers? What do you think? Think about it, okay? That's all I'm asking. You know, and, and in the end, do what you think is best. There's lots of good things going on right now. Lots of good people. And um, I'm out here in Iowa. I'm seeing it. And um, I'm weirdly enough, I'm weirdly enough feeling fairly weirdly optimistic. This is Michael Moore. 
This is my podcast. It's called Rumble. I'm so grateful that you let me talk to you tonight, today, whenever you're listening to this, about something that's um, important to me. And that's, well, the kids are all right. I'll talk to you soon. Teach your children well. Their father's hell did slowly go by and feed them on your dreams the one they picked the one you know by don't you ever ask them why if they told you you would cry so just look at them and sigh